0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Equipcast. My name is Jim Jansen, and we flip the script today. Today, I go on the other side of the microphone, and I sit down with my lovely wife, Kim, first time on the podcast, we talk about how to reach young moms. I know for many of you, if you are a young mom or you work in any sort of a ministry setting in a parish, how do you connect with young, busy moms? Well, we talked today about some really simple ideas about how to connect with young moms, how to get them connected to each other, and how to create a space for them to grow and learn about their faith. It's a lot of fun. Moms are the heart of our families, and if you want to engage more families, begin with engaging young moms. Really fun for uh, Kim and I to sit down together, tell some stories of uh, some of the things that we did, some of our creative uh, efforts to reach out young moms. So you're gonna love today's conversation. Take a listen. Welcome to the Equip Cast for the Archdiocese of Omaha. Designed to help leaders to transform their cultures, to embody the pastoral vision, to be one church, encountering Jesus, equipping disciples, and living Mercy.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Jody Phillips, and I am your temporary host of the Equipcast. I am joined today by your regular host, Jim Jansen, and his lovely wife, Kim Jansen. And we are going to be talking today about just some of the ways that they have found to enter in more deeply into family life and evangelization through the family. And yeah, just Kim's got some beautiful stories to, to tell us. So Kim like to start the Equipcast by having you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey of faith. Thanks,
2: Jody. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I am excited to be here today. Um, although I am a writer by trade, not a speaker, so, <laughs> uh, but I'm excited to be here. And I really encountered Jesus for the first time in a personal way at an evangelical summer camp called Pine Cove Ranch in mm-hmm. East Texas, and I was in early high school. And I was just so captivated by the joy that the college-age counselors had there. And I, I knew I, I wanted that and I wanted what they had. And so on the last day of camp, the last night of camp, I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. And it was amazing. Um, And I felt so much joy and peace. And I went home and didn't tell anyone.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good Catholic girl.
2: Yes. As a Catholic, that's I just had the sense like you don't do that. But um, the Lord was so good to me in that He used that as a spark. Really, I just started to desire to learn more about Scripture and learn more about my Catholic faith. So, I think that, unfortunately, may be a rare story that an an evangelical experience brought me deeper into my Catholic faith, and I praise God for that. I was a public school um, graduate, had a wonderful public school education, but really desired to learn more about my faith and was able to go to a Catholic college where I met Jim and Mm -hmm. was in part of one of the first focused Bible studies. And again, just the way that the Lord used that initial spark at summer camp. Um, is, was very beautiful.
0: Oh, I think when you said initial spark, I thought you were going to talk about our love story. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, that's another that's podcast. Not, yeah, yeah, it's a different one. <laughs> Although maybe one worth doing. Love at first sight. And then or, very or clearly not. like, and then Jim has some uh, work he needs to do. So we're going to wait for three years before they actually start to date.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and you, you guys, we, you were obviously with Jim through his time with Focus and have had a lot of experience in, in the mission field yeah, all of that too. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your your day job.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> well, um, in addition to being Jim's wife, we have six children, ages four up to 20. So we have one in college right now, two in high school, two in grade school, and one in preschool. <laughs> and um, I have just really enjoyed that time being with them. It'll be interesting next year. Our, our youngest may be heading off to kindergarten. Mm-hmm. It'll open a new phase for me. But um I've also appreciated some freelance writing over the years. Mm-hmm. I have my degree in journalism and theology and just enjoyed Catholic feature writing. So I, I do still get to do that on occasion and I'm grateful for that.
1: Yeah, you you had a long time ago you were with the Catholic Voice kind of right out of college, right? right?
2: Right out mm-hmm. of college I came and I worked full time here in Omaha. It was my first home away from home. And with uh, for about a year and a half full time for the Catholic Voice. Mm-hmm. And now I do enjoy freelancing still for them.
1: Yeah, that's wonderful. So, Kim, I am excited to to talk about this just because I know a lot of our listeners are kind of in this space. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me, what are some of the challenges that young mothers face in trying to grow and live their faith?
2: Well, I, it's kind of funny because I forget that I'm really not a young mother anymore. <laughs> Again, I said I have a son in college, which makes it kind of hard to be young, but I am still a mother of young children. Yeah. And uh, so I, and I do remember those early days. So I, it's a funny paradox when you're a mom because you often experience both a sense of isolation. And a sense of never being left alone, all at the same time. (laughs) So I think that that again, that sense of um, isolation and can almost make it harder for moms to connect even with each other. Mm -hmm. And then the busyness of life and of caring for your children. Um, I've had college students over the years ask me like, "What do you do all day?" And (laughs) I try to be really organized, but there are times where I, the honest honest answer is, I don't know.
0: That I sometimes get that answer too. It's like, hey, honey, how was your day? I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the isolation and ne- yet never being alone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I That sounds right to me. <laughs> so what are some of the creative ways that you found to meet yeah, just the needs of young moms in particular? What, is, what has worked for you?
2: If you're a young mother now, um, I just want to tell you that I do remember what it feels like to have a desire to share your faith, but to maybe feel bound by constraints of caring for kids or caring for your home. Some of you may have a full-time job, which will add a whole nother dimension on top of that. So it probably sounds impossible or at least overwhelming to to hmm. be able to evangelize.
0: I appreciate, Hun, you're, you're saying that because I think there are a number of young moms who have a desire like, okay, I want to grow in my faith and I want to help other people grow in my faith, but gosh, I have no margin. I have no opportunity. And I think you know, as you and I talk about this, like there's a conviction that I think we share that growing in your faith doesn't have to take you away from your family. <laughs> that growing in your faith and sharing it with other people doesn't have to happen away from your family. Now, to, to be sure, there are some things that are just kind of hard to do with a toddler, but <laughs> with a little bit of creativity, there's like that can totally be done. Where we can actually find ways where young moms can grow in their faith and help other young moms grow in their faith, and they're not necessarily away from their family for you know evenings and weekends and periods of time that just aren't really realistic. So we had some fun with this. We, we came up with three different kind of ideas that we want to share a little bit uh, about today. One of them is uh, called Mommy's Vacation Bible School. Uh, we'll talk more about it later, but it's basically just a time for moms to get together and learn in their faith while their kids are in vacation Bible school. So part of it is it just makes a space because the kids are already occupied. And, uh, you know, rather than having the moms just running errands it, it, during that time or doing yeah. something else, it's a, it's a chance for them to gather together and grow in their faith. Um, the other, uh, other one we did, which you really led the way on this, Hun, was just like doing, doing Lexio Divina with a group of moms. Real simple. You use Live Lent Together to gather a group That's just a very, it's a noisy, I forget what's the ratio of moms to kids for your typical gathering?
2: Oh, like eight moms to 25 kids?
0: Yeah. So. awesome. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. So that's like, uh, that's fun. (laughs) And then um, this isn't even so much maybe a way that we did, but maybe a blessing that received that there were a number of uh, women who were in a different state, state in life. Maybe they were empty nesters or had their, you know, had kids in school that really came alongside us and helped kind of like St. Paul says, right, in Titus chapter two, they like came alongside and helped you learn how to be a mom, learn how to be a wife, and really provided just kind of some respite in Mm -hmm. times where things were just overwhelming uh, with with little kids. Yeah. I remember we just recently, I mean we'll probably talk more about it later, but we just recently um, you had had someone who was yeah just moved in kind of prayer to say like hey can I help can I provide a little space and yeah it's been such a gift so we'll talk more about that the, that a little bit later
1: yeah yeah I really want to dig into these so I want to first can tell me more about. Your mommy's vacation Bible school and and what was involved in that and getting that started and
2: okay yeah. well again so this is your typical summer um activity at your parish if your parish is hosting a vacation Bible school for mm-hmm. a week or Tota Stuists we actually were blessed our parish um had both going at the same time so the first through eighth graders were busy at totus to and the three and four and five-year-olds were busy at vacation bible school i feel and, i
1: feel really awful for your your dre yeah, but yeah
2: go on. <laughs> and then again like jim said before instead of having the moms just drop their kids off and maybe go run errands for a few hours because usually totus to runs from eight to three vacation bible school might run from eight to noon we invited the moms to stay from eight to noon. Again, Mm -hmm. we're not trying to do anything during the nap time after lunch or feed anyone lunch, but from eight to noon to stay and to receive formation for themselves Mm -hmm. and to really be able to feel like they were being poured into. And we tried Mm -hmm. to create an environment where they really did feel like they were being cared for. Like we tried to get really nice coffee and really nice snacks. Mm. And then we had the babysitting side. So again, for any kids that weren't quite old enough to be in Vacation Bible School, I was actually the coordinator for the babysitting mm-hmm. while Jim was providing the content for the moms.
0: Mm-hmm. But it was a lot. I mean, you recruited like all of those teenagers that needed service hours and some of the empty nesters and, you know, got like the little facility kind of right next door and toys yes. and I mean, it was a lot to coordinate. But it, it was one of the key difference makers to making this work, mm-hmm. which, as a, as a side note, I think that's a key difference maker to making anything work for a family ministry. So, yeah. like, if, I mean, if you want to have a parish mission, if you want to have a retreat or something, like, to have childcare available. I mean, this is part of what inspired, I think, Kim, you and I, that we're like, you know, there'd be these great opportunities and we wanted to go But we kind of look at each other, it's like, man, I don't know. Do we flip a coin? Like who gets to go? Because Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like both of us can go. Because if both of Mm -hmm. us go, again, we didn't have parents that lived in town at the time. So for both of us to go meant trying to find a babysitter, you know, getting pizza, paying for the babysitter, dropping 50, you know, 60 bucks on on pizza, movie, and and a babysitter. And having childcare available is just a game changer for us to be able to be together and if we're not together, I mean, not that there aren't appropriate times when you know husbands and dads should be over here and moms over here and kids over here, but it was just something else that was pulling us apart mm-hmm. as a family. And so when, when childcare is offered, it's actually this like, oh, wow, we could actually do this together. So that's a little bit of a tangent, but I think this was a key to mommy's vacation Bible school working. And I think it's a key. I mean, we started it in the parish in the hopes that it would continue as a ministry to help enable uh, families for other events, you know, other opportunities to be able to grow their faith.
1: Well, yeah, to me, it sounds like it's unifying because everyone's in the same place, mm-hmm. even if you're yeah. in different parts, but everyone's at the church, right? You know, right. everyone's kind of living their faith at the church growing in their faith, just maybe in different rooms at the church, which is very unifying and yeah. really beautiful. You're
2: receiving what they need for their particular age.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and we didn't get to get this far, but there, there's a great opportunity to integrate the content that the kids are getting and mm-hmm. the content that the parents are getting so that it sparks kind of ongoing conversation and unity. We didn't get to be quite that sophisticated uh, as we did it, but the opportunity for that is is amazing.
1: Yeah. So childcare, I feel like is one of the, the more difficult things to coordinate often at a parish. So Kim, how did you? to do that. (laughs) Well,
2: I think like, like Jim mentioned, I uh, took advantage of the teenagers that need service hours for high schools or other things. And then also just really one-on-one, like personal invitation. I feel like, again, it's the key to asking almost any person to volunteer for anything. Mm -hmm. You can send an email out that there's a need and you will unlikely are unlikely to get a response. So just really like, I mean, being at Daily Mass actually gave me a uh, connection with a lot of the older women of the parish that yeah. they were there regularly and they thought my kids were really cute and oh, they're growing. And and so <laughs> it was just a chance to just say, Hey, are you, here's what we're doing and just explaining. And many times when I would explain what we were doing, they would just get very excited about it. Mm-hmm. They would like, Oh, I would love to help with that. And again, you have to find there's kind of that range of, of, um, you know, they're, They don't have children at home, Mm -hmm. but they're healthy enough. I mean, there's and and that was kind of where the teenagers help. Because caring for
0: toddlers is a physical challenge. Yes, and that's
2: kind (laughs) of where the the teenagers help. So some of the older women that maybe aren't able to bend over and pick up a 30-pound kid, you know, they're there to provide that wisdom and that maturity, whereas then the teenagers can be down on the floor really like playing with the kids. So it was a nice combination.
0: and, And I might highlight that combination is also really helpful, not just for like, okay, you know, somebody who's young and has energy to go chase a toddler around. But I mean, look, make sure that you follow the safe environment protocols so that Mm -hmm. you have enough people who are over 18 uh, or over 19 here in Nebraska, like, you know, legal adults, so you get the ratios right. Mm -hmm. Um, But that combination can be really, really helpful. Again, young people who need service hours and then then adults, empty nesters who can come alongside and kind of help provide that space where where moms can be free for a few hours. Mm -hmm. And
2: having this space, I think, again, facilities can be a challenge sometimes with something like this. It depends on the size of your parish and the size of your space. Um, but having the childcare close enough to the room where the moms are, that if you need mom, you can go get her. Yep. But one year we actually had it in the room ex- right next door. And I remember that being not working so well, oh, yeah, yeah. being distracting. <laughs> if you can hear someone crying or hear, you know, it's so just trying to find that balance. And, and again, I think when you're in, as a mom, you're in this classroom setting, everyone there is totally okay with if the baby, the 18 month old needs to come sit on mom's lap in class for half an hour. Yep that is totally fine. Like we're very yeah. fluid about it. So I know some moms might, might make you nervous or like, oh, my kids would never go to babysitting. Some, you know, different temperaments of kids are different, but to be very flexible about it as well. And yeah. it, can, it can still totally work. Yeah, and it, and it
0: usually becomes pretty clear. Oh, this is a group that's totally receptive to that, right? Because you know, it's a group of young moms. So nobody's like surprised, you know, it's like, you know. Shut like, that yeah. kid
1: up.
2: No, just <laughs>
0: yeah. i I would just put two things that maybe like, that are really key if you wanna pull this off and make it work. Mm -hmm. One is, there's a fair amount of facility coordination and there's a fair amount of coordination between individuals, right? So you're Mm -hmm. looking for a space for the moms to gather, Mm -hmm. for the kids to gather, and then of course, that's the same time as Vacation Bible School and or Totus Tuus happening. So this does require a fair amount of planning in advance so that the facilities are available. You know, summertime is usually when these things happen. And oftentimes that's when the, you know, the the facilities guy is really excited to get the floors waxed yep. or get things painted. So planning ahead, making sure that the pastor, the head of vacation bible school, your DRE, you know, like the facilities guy, like please don't leave them out. Like mm-hmm. so making sure that you talk to all the right people mm-hmm. in advance is a key to making this work. And then I would say another thing, honey, that you highlighted is that personal invitation, not just for the people you're asking to serve, but for the people you're asking to come.
1: Yes. That was my next follow-up question is how did you get people to come? Because I hear that a lot. We would love Mm. to get our parents more engaged, but how do we get them to come?
0: Yeah. We we did a couple of things. So we did do like posters and flyers and bulletin announcements and pulpit announcements Mm -hmm. like after mass. We did all of those things. Um, The number one thing was personal invitation. Mm -hmm. And I would say giving people like a real why. And what I mean by that is like, hey, it's mommy's vacation Bible school. You should come. It'll be great. Just isn't enough to draw people away from their, oh my gosh, I will have three and a half hours to get something done without a toddler, you know, wrapped around my leg. Yeah, that's huge. <laughs> yeah, so so I mean, the and it didn't always work, but our best appeal was, listen, this is like a really precious chance for you to do something for yourself, to connect with other moms, and to connect with Jesus, and that usually, if you could do, if you could deliver that message, like, kind of eyeball to eyeball. It usually spoke to a pretty deeply felt need, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Kim started at the beginning talking about like the the loneliness and the isolation, and I'd love to grow in my faith, but I can't possibly wake up any earlier. And mm-hmm. as soon as I sit down after the kids are in bed, if I sit down, I fall asleep immediately. That mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I, there's no way I can grow. Usually, there's a desire there, and if you can help them recognize. This is a key moment where that desire for connection with the Lord and for others like could actually happen that tends to cut through the mm-hmm. to do list and special project you know that is beginning to like fill that space while the kids are away
1: yeah, yeah, no that makes total sense, so tell me about some of the fruit what happened you made the personal invitations you got the child yeah. care I who think showed up we probably had about 15 to 20
2: moms? Am I exaggerating? No, I think. That that came um, the first year that we did it. And what was beautiful to me is there were the ones that I had personally invited, but then there were others that other people must have personally invited because there were women there that I had never met, or maybe I had seen them across the church. Mm -hmm. We had a fairly big parish. And so I had, I would say it was about half of the regulars. I'm like, oh yeah, I knew you would sign up. And then half yeah. of women that I had, again, never met. Yeah. And it was so beautiful to connect. And there were even a few that were brand new to the parish. This actually happened two different years that we did it, that they had just moved into the parish and they were so mm-hmm. grateful to have a way to immediately just jump in and connect and make friends.
0: Well, and I want to highlight that. It surfaced the people who were not already the usual suspects yep and for those who are you, like well i don't know would we do anything for young families or young moms in our parish are there any young moms yes there are young moms in your parish but you probably don't know them cuz they're a young mom yeah <laughs> and and they're you know and they show up late to mass you know cuz you know somebody had an accident on the way in and they leave quickly or they're in the you know, the in the like the, the cry room the whole time and, and they don't have space or margin to show up at the other stuff you offer. And they don't have space and margin to volunteer, but they want to grow in their faith. So that's what's so beautiful about this, is it surfaces those people that are there and hungry Mm -hmm. and desirous, and they've been there the whole time, we just didn't have anything that actually fit Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm.
2: Anything that served them and their needs and right where they are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: I would say for me, one of the things that I, I loved seeing the moms connect with each other like the friendships that were formed, like there were—I mean, we just happened to. There are a number of really amazing people that we knew already, but they didn't necessarily know each other. And so, watching them connect with each other, friendships being born—that mm-hmm. uh, was that was really really fun. And because they were just spontaneous parties and playdates and all sorts of kind of like support for one another that developed, uh, mm-hmm. it really became. I think that the the seed of a of a support network for a lot of these moms.
1: Yeah. How many years did you run this for? We did two years Just in a row. Two, two years. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did you see any growth from the first mm-hmm. to the second year?
0: Uh, yes, in in two ways. There were a few additional people that came the the second mm-hmm. year with like new people that came in and other people that were invited. Yeah. But I would say the the depth i mean one of the things we can talk about content maybe in a little bit here but one yeah. of the things we tried to do is really tailor the content to young moms mm-hmm. and so they're like okay how can you pray if you don't have an hour of undistracted silence I mean, you know <laughs> like, like is it possible like how do you how do you pray as a young mom how do you share your faith with your children how do you, so we we tried to really you know tailor content to topics that they were interested in and you could see the difference between the first year and the second year mm-hmm. moms that had figured out a routine of prayer mm-hmm. that actually worked for them in their life and moms that had kind of figured out how to start to share their faith with their kids and developing little routines and devotionals mm-hmm. you could see that because they were they were kind of ready for the 2.0 like okay so now that I'm doing this now what mm-hmm. um, and, and, and I mean now that I'm doing this in terms of active but like wow okay so I'm I'm like really sitting down every day and I'm praying with scripture and it's really beautiful and I can kind of hear the Lord talking but Next level question: how do I keep that mm. like through the day? like how do I stay connected? I, I feel really connected with Jesus when I'm praying now, and it's just been this life-changing moment, but I feel like when I get done praying, I just run and run and run and run, and then I only reconnect with him again the next morning. Mm-hmm. Is there a way I could re- oh, like could- that I could stay connected with him all through the day? It's like, yes, there is. but that's a, that's a 2.0 question mm-hmm. that came. Because of I think the fruit of what they learned and experienced together the, the first year. That's awesome.
1: You've mentioned just like the community that came out of this. Right. And and one of the one of the things that you're trying to combat is that isolation that moms feel. And I, I mean I've experienced this as my friends have, have had children. I just I see them less, you know. And yes. um so much of the effort is required, you know, I have to kind of invest myself into their life and that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So anything else you want to say about vacation bible school?
0: Yeah, I would add Two things: one, you could see a lot of these, like these relationships, uh, and the 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 women who kind of came and experienced this. Many of them kind of went on to start other ministries or work together or or play kind of key roles. The other thing, though, is it really tended to; it was kind of a foundation for the for the dads getting to know each other. So, in the sense that, like, it was a foundation for more family-based ministry. But I think it it, it served that way because moms are kind of the heart of the Mm -hmm. family. I mean, that's yeah, that's the way it works, I think, in most families. Moms are kind of the heart. And because of what they experienced, there was a desire, I think, that was reawakened that then helped. I mean, this is not going to shock anybody, right? (laughs) That like the guys were able to follow suit when similar opportunities to grow in their faith came up for them, that and and so I think it it really became a, a foundation for family ministry and a new way to look at family ministry because family ministry wasn't even necessarily on people's radar screens. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh wow, like people started. Well, look at look at these new people that showed up, and this really kind of felt or hit a felt need. It it changed the way we approached some things, and in that way, it was a spark for many other things that at first you may not directly see the connection, mm-hmm. uh, but it really was.
1: Okay. So Vacation Bible School, um, you mentioned also that you gathered moms in small groups for prayer um, and you used Live Lent Together and you had Lexio groups. Can you, can you tell me a little bit more about that, Kim?
2: Sure. I'd love to. So again, this was kind of pre-Live Lent Together, actually. This is before we moved to Omaha. Okay. And um, there were a couple of ladies that... I knew just kind of as acquaintances, and we all happen to have the same spiritual director. I think that's how we got connected in the first place, because he was kind of planting Mm -hmm. these seeds of like, you know, (laughs) he was hearing us all say the same thing, basically. And he's like, can't really tell everybody what everyone else is saying, but he knows we all need to meet. He's like, you guys need to get together. You guys need to pray together. Like I, and so it, again, we all kind of knew of one another. So my very first experience with a Yeah, we called our Lexio group was um, four other women that really, we were all from different parishes. Some of us Mm -hmm. homeschooled, some of us sent kids to school. We had a stay-at-home moms, we had a part-time nurse, kids of all ages. And that's one of the things I think is so beautiful about these small groups is that you can have a diversity, Mm -hmm. but all have a common purpose and that creates a friendship there Mm -hmm. um, that you don't all have to necessarily be of the same mold so yeah. it, the way i remember it really getting started was one of my friends that i made in the cry room we really i called her my cry room buddy because we just happened to both go, go to daily mass fairly like barely frequently
1: mm-hmm.
2: and really that's how we got to know each other mm-hmm. and i think she was a friend that would on the s- surface again we had like very little in common uh-huh. mm-hmm. um i was like the goody two-shoes girl who had never strayed. (laughs) And she was like the prodigal who was now coming back. Mm -hmm. And so I think if we had met under other circumstances, we would have mistrusted one another. But to be again, like just sitting in that space where both of our kids were too crazy to be out in the church, Mm -hmm. it gave us that that connection. And so we were kind of the ones I think that first got got that group started, started inviting Mm -hmm. others. And I've just really experienced the power of... Opening the scriptures, the simplicity of Alexio Group is basically you just gather, we would uh, open up our scriptures, which now would be on your phone, Mm
1: -hmm. and (laughs)
2: read the Sunday gospel for the upcoming week. Read it slowly three times, pause for reflection, share as desired in between. Mm -hmm. And God really just spoke in powerful ways.
1: Yeah, man, I'm just, there's so much I want to unpack here, but I'm going to, I'm going to try and keep it all together. But just noticing, yeah, the beauty of, of two women, you don't have everything in common, but the one thing you do have in common is a desire to grow in friendship and prayer, um, right, which is kind of that fruit of a, a friendship. That's what a friendship is, mm-hmm. um, a really good, holy friendship. Yeah. And I'm, I'm hearing like a spiritual director who's unpacking what the Holy Spirit's saying to all of you.
2: Us. and connecting connecting yes. in that
1: way mm-hmm. um so tell me how long did that group meet for and what was the fruit of that yeah,
2: i th- you know i'm it's funny that looking back i'm forgetting exactly how many years but i want to say great. it was at least two years uh-huh. that we met pretty much weekly mm-hmm. um and the fruit i mean there was so many for me personally again it was really a time of recognizing my own need for the Lord, like a really a reconversion experience for me, because I knew I was struggling in so many areas of my life, but I couldn't admit that to Mm -hmm. people. I couldn't, you know, Jim was a focus missionary. I was a focus missionary wife, and I feel like I had to keep this image to the world. And this Lexio group broke through that. This particular friend that I mentioned that I met Mm -hmm. in the cry room, she was the catalyst like that the Lord used for that. I mean, at one point, I don't remember what gospel we were reading, but she just like kind of pounded her hand on the table and she's like, Kim, you are broken. And I guess kind (laughs) of, I was startled, but in parentheses, I mean, she didn't say it, but it was in parentheses and I still love you.
1: Yeah. you know, And to
2: be able to have a person who had experienced what everyone would consider extreme brokenness, you know, to be able to look at me and to just, just love me and all of my weakness, it was really, yeah, it was a super powerful experience. And it it really opened up the door for me to to talk more about my struggles and to get help and to be vulnerable, it taught me how to be vulnerable.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. That's just huge. I just think of, of so many, I would ex- expect of our listeners as they're desiring to evangelize and to be on mission that, that there's a place... Um, cause I know I experienced this too, where, where deep intimacy with another is really needed because we don't really want to share our, mm-hmm. our baggage with everyone, but it's mm-hmm. still there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. still there. And yeah. we need those friendships to, right. to break through them.
2: And I think with, again, with the women, I think because we all are experiencing that isolation, I would say it, uh, not every meeting, but frequently someone is crying almost every (laughs) meeting in, in, um, and just to be able to, not
0: the kids, the moms, well,
2: right. That's a, that's a whole nother dimension. Cause right. We met again because, um, of our works, our schedules, (laughs) we were able to meet in the morning. Everyone brings your kids again. So the kids are playing, you kind of get used to praying through a certain amount of noise, you know, there's a race car going across the table right in front of your Bible. So yes, if not the, the, the moms and the kids, <laughs> but to be able to just see the way it's moving. Um, one other story I'd like to share from a group here. So then when yeah. we moved to Omaha, again, having the Live Lent together structure has been very helpful in having those um, Lexio Divina. Really, it's like a six-week study that gives you the readings. Uh, there was a gal that had just recently moved from another country, to so my parish. And the first at the first meeting, she, again, she was in tears because she really missed the depth of her faith. So she grew up in Poland and she grew up with a very deep sense of faith in the culture there. And she just said she was so afraid of moving to the United States. Then she was like, this is what I hoped I would find like mm-hmm. in the church. And there's a little part of me that wanted to be like, Well, this isn't actually really what the church is like in the United States, but I'm glad you found it here in my home. And uh, it was just very, very moving
0: for her. Yeah, but
1: you were an experience of the church for her. So that is what the church is like, right? That's
0: beautiful. You know, I have to jump in with this because like I, you know, I was blessed to watch this unfolding when when we were in Lincoln, when it was first starting the friendships, watching the fruit really that was born in Kim and your life and then our whole family. And, like, kind of the nerd professional missionary in me, I learned a lot of lessons that like that that showed up in the convictions that kind of guide Lent together, right? so like it's probably just worth acknowledging all my best ideas always come from Kim <laughs> uh, but Whatever. Like, but like <laughs> what I noticed was like, oh wow, this is like Jesus is doing a really good job of facilitating the conversation mm-hmm. between these women. And most small group materials at that point were really highly directive from the facilitator or the Bible study leader. And I also noticed it's like, wow, like when you just let the word of God out, like he really, not only does he connect people to each other, he really goes deep into people's hearts and minds. And again, that was in contrast to much of the materials at the time Mm -hmm. that were very much, they were very catechetical and they were, they were, not in not a bad way, but they were focused on developing people's intellect and their understanding of the faith. And, and it wasn't necessarily attending to the heart. And here I watched this study unfold. Uh, it's not even a study. It's this little Lexia group unfold. And I see the way the relationships are being built. I see the way uh, people's hearts are really being changed. And then what totally blew me away is I saw the way it grew. Mm-hmm. Like normally when a small group, I mean, if your parish has a small group, that, that's going, that's been going, you know, pre-Live Lent together or any sort of thing like that. It's probably a group of people, God bless them, that have been together for, you know, five, 10, 20 years. Yep. And, and that's beautiful. But oftentimes, like our groups stagnate and become a little bit insular and they don't yep. ever grow. And what I noticed about this group is these women would come together and they were ha- having amazingly profound experiences, but just as quickly well, I was saying not just as quickly. There was this eventual co- conviction that like, gosh, ladies, I love this, but I feel like I have to do this with some, you know, I need to do this with my sister-in-law. I need to do with it with, with my, you know, with so other women in our parish, because there were people from different parishes. Yeah. And it started to grow and reproduce. And I realized, holy cow, like this is this is this style of small group, which became kind of the Liveland Together movement. This is like a key to really like. Transforming our our parish cultures so that people can again encounter the Lord and experience community in a new way. Um, And I just, you know, just it just was happening right next to me. I was thinking about these things and wrestling, and I just kind of, you know, looked over. It's like, hey, wait a minute, that's exactly what we want to happen. Um, Kim's already doing it. (laughs) That's beautiful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you watched you watched other groups kind of expand and start out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, how many would do you think? I mean, again, probably just out of two years.
0: There were I mean, so there were a couple, like I think there were like two or three that very organically just kind of went into other yeah. parishes, but then we really intentionally leaned into that uh in, in our parish. So we intentionally worked with the pastor, okay, let's gather people. You know, potential leaders, let's give them a little pep talk. Let's help them recognize that, you know, there's a power in the word of God. And we highly recommend that. Our parish was one of those parishes where we'd give away the Matthew Kelly book at Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then people were supposed to kind of, you know, read it during Lent or have a conversation. And so we would say, like, okay, like if people just want to get together for the Matthew Kelly book, great. Mm-hmm. But if the conversation slows down and you have space to introduce, Lexio over the Sunday mm-hmm. gospel, go for it, and we prepared people, and that was that was just beginning to happen. But the group, I don't know, I think the parish had twenty, twenty five people that stepped forward to say, like, yeah, we'll totally do that. That's awesome. That's incredible.
1: So, Kim, you're you're you also mentioned at the beginning, just kind of, or well, Jim mentioned that that third experience or kind of deep need um, was met through someone, or maybe multiple experiences of people stepping in and just accompanying you as a young mother. Uh, say more about that because I think we've got I hope I think we have some listeners who might be able to step in that space. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's again, I might be heading to this uh state in life myself. Like there's uh-huh. a stage where your your children maybe don't need as much round the clock care. You find yourself with a little extra time. Perhaps you're an empty nester, but you're not quite a grandparent. Mm-hmm. Um, or perhaps you're a grandparent and your grandchildren don't live in town. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the experience for a while where our parents did not live in town. And now we actually do. Our, all four of our parents live in town, but they've had some health issues over the last few years mm-hmm. and haven't been able to be as physically supportive. We've been so grateful. We've had one couple that, again, just kind of adopted us really um mm-hmm. and you know just just offering friendship i think especially when there's a couple who's a, has that availability like getting together with friends our own age with kids with schedules just like ours is almost impossible oh, it's so mm-hmm. hard. but for a couple that's like yeah we're free all weekend when does it work for you guys yeah. you know and they <laughs> bring food and and just Bring a kind of a, a new excitement for our kids. It, it gave also our kids other role models in the faith. I mean, that's Yum. a whole nother podcast too of kids having multi-generational role yeah. models in the faith. And to be able to, to experience that, both of us have being able to sit back a little bit and just relax. Yeah. Um, to be to be rejuvenated in our parenting and to also have that friendship. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in particular, I had a friend who just this last spring was praying and asking the Lord, again, she had some unexpected free time and was really just asking the Lord how he wanted her to spend that. And he brought my name to mind. And so she Mm -hmm. just called me up and asked, can I come? And come over every week and play with your girls and you can go have three hours to do whatever you want. Mm. I'm like, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I was like, yeah, I'm of say no to that. Um, and it just was, again, such a, such a blessing. Well, yeah. and
0: you, I mean, you weren't planning on this, but I think it's helpful for you to share, not that you didn't use it for an errand now and then, but it was so providential because like, you needed that time for extra prayer there was a season in your life where the Lord was kind of doing some healing. And so, you know, it was a combination of prayer and being able to talk with some people that it was an unexpected, very unexpected gift.
2: I mean, we really actually, Jim and I had just returned from a trip for our 20th anniversary and we were kind of sharing together like some of the struggles that we had or just Mm -hmm. feeling lonely and feeling like we needed more support. And I think my friend called like the next week and, um, and yeah, I, I'm not embarrassed to admit I basically every, week uh i spent a portion of that time in therapy so mm-hmm. i went, went to see a counselor i was just feeling like there's some stuff and we i think that's again a whole nother podcast of mm-hmm. taking away the shame in that um that we have over the years done several sessions several oh, yeah. uh individual marriage counseling and i just needed that time and then i would go over to a church afterward and kind of process the session with jesus and it was yep. again just a really incredible time and the timing of it, right? It was yeah. clearly led by the Lord. Yeah. Well, and
0: it almost would not have been possible without mm. that gift. Mm-hmm. I, and, I mean, mm-hmm. and I I remember when you first told me, you'd like, you know, like, I think you like, a, took a picture of the text that you had gotten. And I started to weep because mm-hmm. I, I reckon I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Yeah. But again, the, pri- the the timing, the generosity. And I just, you know, for, for those who are listening, I, Kim said it, but like, if you're like if your heart is aching right to be nearer of your your children and your grandchildren and you just want to kind of like there's some you like, you feel like you have all of this love that doesn't have an outlet because the the people who are so near and dear to your heart are far away I guarantee there are people who 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 can receive that love who who need just a little bit of TLC um, and it was so it was so simple I mean, mm-hmm. just that, you know, the, there are multiple individuals, multiple couples that have played this role for us in in our life. And there was nothing, they weren't coming in as these kind of guru mentors. Mm-hmm. They were just like, hey, here's some food. I'm bringing beer, Let, or let's get pizza, come over. And they just kind of came over, inserted themselves in our lives because they had the flexibility to come meet us right where we were at and just as they as te- just as we shared life and told stories about where they were at they again they had been through seasons of parenting that we hadn't been through yet mm-hmm. and as they talked about just joys and sorrows and just experiences that was such a gift for us mm-hmm. uh, and continues to be so those of you who if you have that gift of availability and there's you know the, there there's there's someone who needs that and let the lord bring those people to mind
1: well, and I, I'd, I'd actually like to add, um, maybe for, for our younger audience, because I know, um, myself at 36 and single. Um, so. Yeah. When I was at Franciscan University for graduate school, Kimberly Hahn, Scott Hahn's wife ran a ministry called a mother's helpers. Yeah. And there was a commitment for three hours a week for a family and the family's commitment was a family dinner. And so I, I, for two years served a family. I went over every week for three hours and. The mom sometimes worked out, sometimes she ran errands, and I played with her kids. And then I ate dinner with the family, and it was lovely.
0: Oh, um, yeah. Well, and, and talk about what a gift, right, for people yeah. who are pre- still preparing mm-hmm. for uh, what they expect would be, you know, a vocation yep. as a it was wife and mother. Discernment. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, and so I've since that time. My my. So just want to add this for any young people listening who are single and have that space. I never charged to babysit. That's, that's my kind of gift to, to young families. Ooh, yeah. I didn't know this. i <laughs> sure yeah. you want to make this can, known.
0: How can people <laughs> right, contact right. you?
1: <laughs> and have a little less availability because I have, I have a six-year-old niece that gets a lot of that time. Yeah, You do. You totally yeah, do that. Yeah. yeah. But, um, just want to speak that, uh, for our younger audience that, that that's also a space that the Lord may be asking of you. Um, well, okay. What would you guys say to someone listening who wants to take the first step in reaching out to young families, stay at home moms, particularly um, any moms themselves who are like, okay, I want to step into this space and reach other young moms. What would Mm -hmm. you say? What's the first step?
2: I mean, this is sounds silly, but not silly, but just pray. (laughs) Start (laughs) by really telling the Lord your desire, just pouring that out to him and being very honest and asking him to show you the next step I think it, and it's not complicated. Also, think just don't overcomplicate it. The, everything that we've shared here, the the mommy's vacation Bible school, that's a bit more of a project. So yeah. that, but the Lexio group, uh, especially, mm-hmm. um, just connecting with other moms, it's really I think keeping it as simple as possible.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: The simpler, the better.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we'll, I mean, we'll put in the show notes, but that's what Live, Lent Together is designed to do. I mean, it came out of this experience, so the, we'll put a link. It's just super easy materials. Everybody can have it on their phone or you can print it off. And I mean, literally, all you need to do is make coffee and say, all right, everybody come here. You know, kids downstairs, moms over here. And and, and it's just, it's designed to facilitate that. It's just super easy. And it works. It's very, it's very powerful. And I would say, you know, if, for those who are not a mom, say yeah, if you're like the okay, I have a heart for young, young mothers, I would say. Just pray and let the Lord bring someone to mind mm-hmm. because there's so, there's a young mom who's a little tired <laughs> and a little stressed right now and I mean we talk about wanting to be right a family centered pro life church on it. so much you know, a, a church of mercy a church of unity so much of what we aspire to can be achieved by a simple noticing and act of kindness uh, to a young mom. Well, thank you guys so much for sharing
1: your story, your experience. I think it's gonna, it's gonna speak to a lot of people who are listening today. So just thank you so much. Thanks. Thank Jen. you.
0: Thanks for coming, dear. Happy to do it. All right, everybody. If you know somebody who needs to hear this, please share it out. Moms, younger, uh, singles or, uh, empty nesters, anybody who might, uh, have a call or, uh, something to offer in terms of themselves to come alongside uh, young moms. Thanks, everybody.